stop, stop, stop. I can't take it anymore. Oh, I do the live ones too. Yes, I know. I saw your act in the theatre. You're really quite good. Quite a certain harmful habit. Stop it now. I need it. Hello and welcome back. We are breaking up with our BS. This is episode number 78 and I am Tawny Santabria. And I am JDK Winnikin. We are here once again to debunk the junk of which there is plenty in the mm -hmm. stories that we make up about our emotional states and therefore creating more stress that we don't need. And we are here dedicated to helping people get rid of that. And uh, there's always more to talk about, isn't there? Hi, Tawny. How you doing? I am doing well, still at home, uh -huh. taking care of hubby Dave. So you might hear some home type of goings ons with the dogs barking and, and that, but hopefully it won't be too much of a problem for us today. Oh, that's all right. Who, you know, barking dogs aren't a big deal to me. That's, they're just living life. They're in, they're in the present moment, aren't they dogs? They are, but sometimes the barking can be a lot, I can't bet. it? Yeah, you can. It can. I know I'm putting, I'm putting a good face on it. Uh, well, hopefully yes. Hubby Dave's on the road to recovery, though. Doing better every day. Good. So Good. Glad to hear that. Well, um, glad you're able to join us from your cozy studio office. Um, and um, I'm in the studio. And uh, welcome to all of you listening. If you're listening live this morning, good morning. Hope you're having a good cup of coffee while you listen to us. If you're listening to this as a podcast, remember uh, to subscribe and leave us a review. We'd love that. And you can get any of our episodes wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get video versions of every episode at our YouTube channel, Breaking Up With RBS. You can find it there. We also have a Facebook group that you can join of the same name where you can get content in between episodes. Tawny also has a six-week self-mastery course you can sign up for at unperfectyourself.com where we take all these concepts that we talk about on the show and you can learn how to integrate them in your own context, in your own life, and see and experience uh, what we're talking about. And on the second Saturday of every month, Tawny and I offer a free uh, Zoom workshop introducing people to the techniques of getting into the body and willing to answer any questions that you have. And that's every second Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific time. And uh, for those of you who are listening internationally, do the best you can with the time change. You can also reach out to us and be happy to tell you when that is. Hopefully it's not at two o'clock in the morning, wherever you happen to be, but nevertheless, that's what we're offering. So huh, it's fun to offer, have all this stuff out there, Tawny, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. It keeps things exciting, keeps things engaging, and gives folks lots of different ways to access. Yeah. Yeah. And as we talk about in every episode, this is all about practice, right? These are the things that just take time. We talked about that last week. And, um, you know, we're talking about recently in our Fleeing the Pooh series, talking about all these big things that we all tend to make up stories about. And uh, I had one for this week that came up quite a bit. Are you ready for this? I am ready. Okay, I'm came ready. up quite a bit in uh, conversations with people, working with some clients. Um, the blame game. <laughs> the blame game. The blame game. The blame game. Mm, um, yes. And it came in 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 phraseology like this. So and so, this situation or this person made me feel blank. Mm. Yeah. I'm just going to lay that in front of you. Where do you go? <laughs> well, we, we, we've all played the blame game. Yes. I mean, at, at some point in our lives, we've all played it. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and certainly it, it doesn't, it, it, it's not good for us, this blame game, but um, 
hopefully we can help some folks sort of fling that um, <laughs> in some ways to where um, that's not going to be such a such a problem anymore. But yeah, certainly. I mean, when we look external to ourselves and find things that um, really uh, to find things to blame mm -hmm. people or things to blame for our own internal states, we've sort of mixed things up quite a bit um, because then we've we've kind of uh, limited our power. Yeah, right. Um, you know, power comes within. And um, if if our inner uh, understanding or world or connection or, or, or attunement um, is beneficial or, 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 or helpful and healthy, um, we can withstand quite a bit of things happening to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or, or people making us feel particular ways, right? Like that, that then becomes a foreign concept because mm -hmm. we're in charge mm -hmm. of our internal states at that point. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those areas that, you know, sometimes when, when you and I are taking apart words or terms that we use quite a bit, uh, you can see the, how subtle the shift can be, but significant at the same time. And this is one of those because to me, I think of with if somebody makes you feel a certain way, if that's the if that's the conceptual framework we're coming from, that's essentially a synonym for forced. We're saying that this person forced us to feel angry, sad, betrayed, whatever the might, whatever the case may be. And wow, that automatically gives up our own ability to choose how we want to respond to something, even if we do feel legitimately sad, angry, betrayed, right? Because it, it to be in a situation where you've had that taken from you. That, if, if that's the reality that we're coming from, it's a long way back in any kind of way to try and feel empowered again if that's, if that's where we're going from the very beginning rather than saying, when this person did this thing, I felt angry. That's subtle, but it seems really significant to me. What do you think of that? Yeah, and uh, of course, um, using, you know, we've heard a lot, we, we hear this a lot, using I statements is always going to help us to sort of um, create a little space, mm -hmm. you know, from and, and, and gain some perspective about that. Definitely. I, th I think the other part of that, too, is sort of like a better question to ask ourselves or, or something to reflect on in those moments is, hmm, what about this is... It, what, what, what about me feeling angry? Mm -hmm. I mean, what's happening inside of me here? You know, what about me is behind this anger, right? So instead of why did that, per even why did that person do that? Mm -hmm. We do a lot of thinking about why an, a, a person did or said <laughs> whatever it is, right? The same kind of thing, blank game. Um, asking ourselves the question, hmm, why did I respond that way? Yeah. Yeah. That's, a, that's a different M moving that internal is so much, and it, it eliminates not only what you're just talking about, but what can sometimes be the next step besides saying they made me do this. The next step is then getting into the shoulds, the external shoulds. They should or should not have done that, or they should have, should have done this differently, or I should have done something differently to either prevent that or respond to that. And it's all out there, right? All outside of ourselves rather than that question. Hmm. Where's that coming from for me? What is that about? It's such a different way of doing things. And to me, it's, it's made all the difference. Well, well it's empowering, right? We, we're the only, the only person we really get to ever be in charge of is ourselves. 
<laughs> Nobody else. As much as we, <laughs> we, we think we can that. be in charge of other people. <laughs> but, you know, we tell ourselves this and we think this. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, we really aren't yeah. in charge of anybody else but ourselves. So why not really then be in charge of ourselves? Yeah. Yeah. You know, when, when we started doing this work together, Tawny, way back when, I remember very distinctly one morning I was um, in my bathroom at the sink and I was washing my hands and washing my face and kind of getting ready for the day. And this was in, I don't think I was in a bad, emo- a difficult emotional state, but I was in one where I was really kind of um, connected with myself. And I looked in the mirror and I said out loud, more often than not, J.D., your biggest problem is staring back at you right in the mirror, but also is your best source of solution. And that really stuck with me, that my own perceptions oftentimes are the ones that are causing me problems or those stories more accurately. And yet, asking myself those questions, sort of what you were getting at, you know, that's, that's a much better starting place for things than the out in the external, the blame game, because the blame game does not do anything but pour gasoline on that emotional fire. It doesn't fix it the mm-hmm. way we think it will. Mm-hmm. And it keeps us locked in our stories, yeah. right? It keeps us out of what's going on, what's actually happening and going on right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does, does, do you run into this with, with clients that you talk to? And, you know, if, and I'm sure you do. But what, what questions come up from them about this? Because I've, I've had some people ask me, well, if everything is about our inside of ourselves, what about the responsibility of the other person, right? For they did something that I feel they shouldn't do or, you know, that type of thing. Where is their responsibility lie? My, my answer sometimes feels pretty pithy. It's like, well, they're responsible for that. <laughs> and you're responsible for you. Uh, how do you address that when it comes up? I, I think, you know, it depends on the circumstance, but I sure. think that, um, you know, one of the things that I like to know a little bit more about is like, what is it that they're wanting? Mm. What is it that you're wanting from this? Mm-hmm. Right. Cause again, then that brings it more internal. Right. Back to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it's that that's unknown. Gosh, I don't even really know. I'm so used to looking externally and judging if that behavior or that behavior is appropriate mm-hmm. or if I like it or if I don't, mm-hmm. I don't even know really what I want. And that's what I hear a lot from people. So then as we, you know, start to uncover what truly resonates, then we're going again, right back into inner stuff. And, and then the outside stuff just tends to start to fall away. Yeah. Yeah. It seems less important. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed that as well in my own life. And then even in talk with clients is, is when they're back, when we're back inside, you know, paying attention to what's happening inside, you know, like we've been talking about these last few episodes, getting into the body, breathing, connecting with that. It does change the fabric of how things look because the external things then just become their own thing. Just, they just happen to be there. Um, and, and in the end, it, the only thing that we can really do anything about is our own response. And, and sometimes that's what I think is the big difference. When we're talking about externals, we're being oftentimes reactive to those. When we're internal, we can be responsive to something. We can choose something rather than having a, an outright reaction. 
I don't know if that's a if that's a great distinction, but it's one that that I find works for me at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, when we, where we truly have, I think, where we truly have more control, we have more of an ability to take a pause and respond. Um, if we're so used to living our lives just externally focused, right? We got curveball over here and, you know, a pile of this over there. And we can't even be sort of like, um, you know, having the reins of our day. Because mm-hmm. we're just being knocked over from this to this if, if we're living externally. When we start to bring it on in, we were less uh, impacted negatively mm-hmm. um, and we're not having to be like in the pinball machine. Mm-hmm. I'm just like bouncing off all of the things. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we can have a steady sort of more rooted kind of experience within ourselves as we navigate with the external world. Yeah. It's a really powerful visual. The reins on the horses. Is that what you're talking about? Reins on. Yeah. That's a powerful one. The one that came to mind for me, the visual was a, uh, like being on a ship, like a, on a, a ship out on the ocean and um, not using your engines if you had them, you know, just being, just being blown about by where the waves take you when you actually, when we actually have an engine that we can, you know, you can't do anything about the storm if you're in it except keep sailing mm-hmm. and sail skillfully. Uh, in a lot of ways, that's what we're talking about. You know, you're talking about you're get, gathering up the reins and taking more control in that way or re- remembering that you got a motor on your boat. <laughs> And we know how to sail. Mm-hmm. We actually do. Mm-hmm. We do know how to sail that type of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think of when you were talking about that, resiliency came to mind, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, there's there's a lot that occurs outside of our bodies, right? That we can choose to be impacted by or not. Um, when we're grounded and steady and using our resources in ways that, because we're familiar with them and aware of them, using them in ways that help us, you know, stay in flow, we're going to be more truly resilient in our lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, and really, and maybe that's sometimes the hurdle that some people have is, is, you know, that, and maybe it's, maybe it's part of the conditioning we have, the messaging we get, this idea that really the end goal is to find a lack of problems or a lack of things that would require resiliency. Maybe that's why we need to get more money or more prestige or more something. That story that somehow that's going to remove the need for resilience in our life. I think sometimes that's kind of the messaging we get when what we're talking about is flipping that over and saying, you know, to develop that resiliency is going to bring a lot more ease in all these areas of life, no matter how much money you've got or how any prestige you have or none. You know, that's really what we're what we're talking about it seems to me with this mm-hmm. yeah absolutely what because we don't have any control over what anybody's going to think about us or <laughs> if we truly believe that somebody else can make us feel some way we could be thrown off course at any given moment yeah yeah it's allowing somebody else to tell you what kind of day you're going to have you know <laughs> you know or what a certain moment's going to be like or how you're going to feel about a certain event or a certain thing it's 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 giving away a lot of ourselves uh and i'm i'm certainly i've done that right and we probably and we i think we all do uh at various points you know cuz 
the things, a lot of the things that we care about are outside of ourselves. Other people in particular, you know, activities, places, um, you know, those types of things. And yet, in the end, how we feel about them has everything to do with us <laughs> and our responses, regardless of what they or may, may or may not be doing on the outside. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember once yeah. I felt so complicated to try to unravel. And, and it, it, the nice thing about getting into the bodies, there's really nothing to unravel. We just kind of leave it, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, I think it comes down to trusting yourself, too right? Like building trust. I know that I've talked to a lot of people over the years. And when I bring up the trust word, you know, um, about themselves, like, <laughs> do you trust yourself? Right. Or how do you trust yourself? Like almost like a foreign concept of trusting self. Oh yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, it was to me the first time you mentioned it, you know, cause I, I everything about me, my, my so-called trust issues that I used to talk about ad nauseum always had something to do with other people. <laughs> Well, I don't trust other people because this person did this or because that happened or, you know, that type of thing. But <laughs> flipping around, trusting myself was just a question I never asked. And mm -hmm. the fact was, when you first answered that, the answer was no. I don't because I don't know what that even means to trust myself. Mm -hmm. I know better now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Because as long as we continue to just look externally for you know, the responsibility of our inner state, we won't ever learn to trust ourselves. <laughs> and we'll, and, and we'll probably always feel like we have trust issues, right? Yeah, that term trust issues, Oof. right? Well, well, yeah, we can't control all the things people are going to make their own and we can't read people's minds, right? Either. I think that's an important thing, too, because I think sometimes when we think like, oh, you know, I can't trust this person because they're not, you know, accessible to me. Right. Okay. But we can't read their minds. Mm -hmm. So we don't know what's really going on. We've created a story about how they made us feel yeah. based off of whatever. Mm -hmm. And we made the whole thing up. We have yeah. no idea. And here we are feeling a particular way. Mm -hmm. Like how, do, you know, how do we learn to trust ourselves if we're going to let that be our sort of like measure. Yeah. Is how we're going to make sense out of things. Right. You know, because, because people are, people change, people make decisions in the moment. People have experiences that shift their moods and shift their life context. There's so many variables that it, we're never static. And I think sometimes our reactions to the things you're talking about is because we have this story that it should remain static, right? If that, that that somebody should, if they have said, I will do this thing or I will not do this thing or whatever, then suddenly they do it. It's easy to then say, well, I can't trust this person, right? Or the better question internally for me is, okay, they're a person. To what degree am I okay with that? Can I accept that? that that's my choice then, right? Um, as opposed to having somebody else have to fit some sort of expectation that, that I've put on them and then, or grafted on some story about, oh, this is just like when this happened, this has happened 10 other times before, just the same. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. You know, mm -hmm. it's, there's yeah. so, it, it's, it's exhausting even for me to talk about because it just feels so complicated as I add layer after layer. No wonder we mm -hmm. feel so lost in all these things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We're trying to make sense out of 
a, or a super like fast paced moving sort of dynamic when we're looking at relationships with each other or relationships to the external world mm -hmm. um, instead of our inner world. Yeah. One of the things I've noticed too, in my own life at least, is I've, as I've been learning to trust myself more, I'm finding that I'm allowing other people, if allowing is the right word, to be the same, right? To, <laughs> to, you know, they do things their own way. They do things as they do, right? And not make such an issue out of that. And I didn't fully realize how much of an issue I was making of that. You know, I was all, in, in retrospect, I had a lot of shoulds going on. Well, this person does this or they have this thing, but they should be doing it differently or they should do that. I like the fact that that drops away as we learn to trust ourselves. I think it, I've, I've noticed a, a corresponding relationship in more ease in allowing people to be who they are as they are. Mm -hmm. Right. It, it makes your life more pleasant mm -hmm. to do this. Mm -hmm. Right. You're not fighting against and not just you. We all like if we're going to play the blame game. Right. If we're going to live external to us and sort of like notice all of the problems and all of the shoulds that everyone else should be <laughs> attending to. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's no solution to any of it. There's nothing we can do about any of it. Certainly we can say, hey, well, I'm just going to tell every single person, you know, how I feel about all of these things. Okay. And, and how, what are you trying to get from it? Yeah. What are you hoping for? Right. <laughs> Cause, exactly. Because they're all going to respond right. their own way. <laughs> they're all going to, so, so instead we look internal and questions we could ask ourselves would be, what is it about that yeah. that bothers me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What, what else can I maybe provide for myself? What am I looking for others to provide for me so that I don't have to provide it for myself? Mm -hmm. Those are such great questions because it's a way then to open up to the possibility that we have some stories and some myths going on that we no longer, that no longer serve us and we can recognize they've never served us. And it's easier to let those go. But you have to kind of, you have to start there. Like, what is it about this? What is What's the, what's the sense, where's this sense of lack coming from or, or all of that? Because that's the only way that I think we can recognize those things. Because if we're already caught up in that somebody else is responsible and therefore it requires somebody else to do something different for us to feel better, we're not even going in the direction of those questions. We're not even asking those myths. And, and so we're having these arguments with other people. We're having the stresses. We're having all the responses to that around total myths that we have made up. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. And, and not even doing anything with our own confusing coping mechanisms, mm -hmm. right? Like, like we're all bouncing off of each other's coping mechanisms, <laughs> right? Yeah. So if we just all worked with our own, okay, is this one that's working for me anymore? It did again as a child. It doesn't probably as now that I'm like, 48 or 65 or wherever I am. Right. So what do I want to do with this? Mm -hmm. You know, how, how do I want to work with this in a way that allows me to experience something different in, and, and probably something that I'm, I'd prefer that I've been trying to get to, sure. but I've been doing it in a way that's like, if all of you would change, I would be, <laughs> 
much better. Doing much better, right. And everything would be much better. Not just me, but everything would be much better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, and for me, the longest time with those externals is, is in retrospect, if you can't let anybody else off the hook for being human, chances are you're not going to let yourself off the hook for being human and vice versa. You know, and one of the things about noticing these things and asking those questions internally is it allows for us to accept ourselves a bit more. And that's that key to a key to that trust you're talking about. Right. Yes, I'm still working on this. Yes, I have these conditioned responses. Yes, I have areas where I'd like to grow. From that space, it's a whole lot easier to let other people have that for themselves. Right? It's it's so much easier. Yeah. And my and my relationships with them are better as a result because mm-hmm. I want them to have the same opportunities that I'm giving myself. Right? Mm-hmm. To, to and grow. yeah, and you're not. And you're like, we're not so hyper-focused on other people Mm. either and noticing all of their spots that would be better if they did it differently, right? If we're looking internally, we might not even notice some of those things, Yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So, and it's not an all or nothing sort of proposition either because the idea would be that, or the hope would be that, okay, we're very well practiced, most of us in looking externally. Most yes. of us are very well practiced in this. Not all. I mean, we've got our things right. Okay. So, so we've got that down. Lots of reps there. Lots of familiarity, familiarity there, if that's true for us. Okay. Now, what if we got a bunch of reps with looking internally? And then once we got some familiarity there, then we could go out into the world and hold both at the same time. Mm. So we're in this moment, knowing what's happening internally able to see externally, weaving those two together and being able to flow with that in such a way that allows everybody probably to feel a little bit more resilient. Mm -hmm. It's a really good way to put it. And once again, you nailed it right at the end of our time, like a mic drop. Boom. Look at that. It's remarkable. (laughs) I was, I was listening to you and watching the ticker and I'm like, wow, here we are. That is, that is the ideal, and that is what we're talking about, and that's that practice of getting you know, those internal questions, getting into the body. And that's why we offer things, everybody, like a weekly show and a free workshop once a month and the six-week <laughs> self-mastery course because that's what essentially – you nailed it all in a nutshell, Tony. That was fabulous. Great job. Awesome. Awesome. We did a great job today. Fantastic. <laughs> the blame game. We flung that poo, flung. and here we are. Yeah, okay. so fling that poo out. So – all right, such a vivid visual, <laughs> but, yeah, it's good. but it is icky that way. So anyway, thanks to all of you for joining us for another episode of Breaking Up with RBS. We'll be back next week with <laughs> more poo you can fling out because <laughs> we, we all got it. So until then, I am J.D.K. Winnikin. And I'm Tawny Santabria. All right, take care, everybody. All right. I'm in my groove. Here we go.